Welcome to BitStorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Hello! Yes, BitStorm. Again, let's do it. Okay, so I've decided that we're doing Ramped Up Click Pitch tonight. You want to tell our listeners about what Ramped Up Click Pitch is? Non-Ramped Up Click Pitch is a game where we each take a random word generator, and on the count of three to one click, we click refresh and get a random word. And uh, put them together and turn them into a game design. And to ramp that up, we actually get two words, an adjective and a noun. And yep. uh, just to make it a bit more interesting and put a bit more of a, a spin on those words. And, uh, yeah, we just riff it back and forth, figure out the game mechanics, figure out the story, and then we throw it away. Do it again. Yep. That's what we do. Let's do it. Three, two, one, click. Click. Fond Grizzly. Fond Grizzly. Okay. I have descriptive handle. Uh, so, I mean, Grizzly, I go to the bear. Yeah. The, the breed of bear, the grizzly bear, the large, monstrous. Well, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be rude. No. Dangerous. I will say dangerous. Breed he's of bear. He's fond. So. Well, uh, some. He's fond I'm of something. someone's fond of it. Maybe he's fond of his handle. Yeah, I was thinking that um, maybe this grizzly is like a science experiment in which a um, a mad Poor scientist, um, you know, basically installed handles into the bear so someone could ride the bear. <laughs> it's like grafted them to its, you know, shoulder bones, shoulder blades. Yeah. Okay. So, it's a, a bear motorcycle, uh, basically. It's like a, 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 bear, a bear bike. Yeah, what I'm what I'm sort of picturing now, because you've sort of said um, bear motorcycle and that sort of stuff, I'm picturing almost like a Tony Hawk's game in which you can just get on get on the bear and do get like tricks bear. and shit, and then you know <laughs> hop off kind of like in Tony Hawk's Underground. But then you have to run do something because else. the bear will kill you, <laughs> especially if you made it fall. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure it's just not real happy with you on its back, but. It, it went, if you've got hold of the handles, you've got, like, full control over the bear. But once you get off, it's not being handled anymore. <laughs> and so, you got to run. So, that could actually be quite interesting because there could be areas in the game where you have to get off, like, to solve, to, to, to get the objective. Uh, and then it becomes, you know, like an, an infinite runner or something, basically. Or it's just like a dodging <laughs> game, like a- you know, it's one of those Crash Bandicoot levels where you're running towards the camera or something. I don't know. Yeah, and the bear's just chasing you until you can get up high enough to drop back down on the bear, grab yeah. hold of the handles, and yeah. you're, you're controlling it again. Yeah, um, either that or you, like, go through something narrow enough that it, the handles get stuck. <laughs> like, you can't get through because the handles <laughs> are sticking out to the side. <laughs> yeah. So, what, what I'm really liking about this is, you know, you've kind of got, like, that will they, won't they? Um you like know, Ross and Rachel. Will, sure. Will the bear eat um, Derek, or or, won't, or, um, or won't Derek? You know, do something else. Like that. <laughs> I don't really know. I really don't like shove that sentence together there. Um, yeah. yeah. So, what's Derek's part. goal? Just do <laughs> rad tricks. Um, Just get points. Well, I th- I think Derek was actually like another 
of the mad scientist. Um, it was like a PhD student. Yeah, either either a PhD student or he was originally, but then started getting experimented on. Oh, um, he's been experimented on too. Yeah, he so has um, little pedals on he, uh, grafted to his feet that interlock into the bear. <laughs> they go together as a pair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those uh, racing bikes how you have to like strap yourself in. I don't know. So I've been watching the Marvel movies again lately. Oh, I have to. Um, yeah. Oh, you have as well? Yeah, we went from the beginning. Yeah. And we got up to um, uh, the end of phase two, Age of Ultron. Yeah. Uh, well, no, the end of phase two is actually Ant-Man. Um, oh, I know, but it's not on stand, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've- Well, neither was Incredible Hulk, but I found that anyway. Oh, we didn't put um, that. No, can't let us count it. So, I've watched everything up to Doctor Strange. So, it's only two more movies than what you've read, mm-hmm. uh, what you've watched. Um, I'm picturing sort of like a a Thor and Hulk sort of situation um, between Derek and the bear. Uh, like in Ragnarok? No, I'm thinking more like in the Avengers, you know, how they're sort of working together and then, you know, they stop fighting enemies. Oh, and right. And then the bear being- like being the Hulk sort of character, Hulk, you know, yeah. sort of then turns and balls Derek at the end. Like, right, 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 right. So I like the idea that you know <laughs> the bear is sort of like helping tentative out. alliance. Yeah, while there are enemies around. Yeah, and other than that, then Derek's got to get on, get the fuck on that bear's back. Otherwise, you know, going to be um, chomp town. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a very good game. So you unclear. I'll let you get away with that. <laughs> Drying pit. <laughs> Prevalent refuting. Oh, I think you've got yours up too complex, but all right. Uh, Prevalent refuting. So, just everyone's refuting something. Maybe this is about Gwyneth Paltrow, since we're talking Marvel. And you know how she has all sorts of kooky, like, health things? With the Goop website. Goop. Now, this did is you about- hear the bullshit news about that, actually? I don't- No, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> she got a fucking Netflix series. Oh, fuck about off. Goop. Oh, God damn it, folks. Anyway, <laughs> this is a this is either about there are two things this could be about. It could be about walking around with something in your armpits. Yep. To dry them. Maybe it's little, maybe it's little, the like silicate packets out of stuff since they're readily available. It's like, yep, yeah, put those in your armpits because the source of all toxins in your body uh, is your sweat glands in your armpits. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. knows this. And so, you'd have to soak it all up. Uh, the other thing I thought of was like the pit of a stone fruit that they dry out and do something with. I don't know. Okay. I don't know where I the mean, game is. This is just we- a dumb fucking idea that they would totally come up with. Whenever I hear the word pit, I immediately put the word sarlacc in front of that. <laughs> Okay. And drying So, we pit. throw- It's all about throwing Gwyneth Paltrow into a Sarlacc pit. Well, I'm thinking drying pits. Well, Sarlacc pits in the desert, so therefore, you know, it's rather dry out there. Um, and prevalent refuting, I'm thinking- um, Okay. See, the refuting made sense with mine. That's how it came. Because, like- Yeah. You need to refute that shit. But I do admit- that I can't think of an actual game mechanic that would go around so, that. That he's just posting Fett, on Facebook. Boba Fett gets his way out of the Sarlacc pit. Okay. But everyone 
in like Mos Eisley when he finally gets there, uh, refuting the fact that he's actually Boba Fett because they know for a fact that he went into the Sarlacc pit. So he's trying to barter his way off of Mos Eisley by going around and like selling people silicate packets to put in their ovens. <laughs> and he becomes the next big self help health natural health Boba Fett's drying pits. Um, don't let your Sarlacc get pity. I don't know. <laughs> three to one click. <laughs> that was not a good enough pun to three to one click on, but anyway. Flush business. Eight million. <laughs> uh, okay. A business has is flush with eight million something dollars, I guess, depending on the business. That might not be much, but um, or maybe they got eight million. Maybe it's about utilizing eight million of something that you got for free. Okay, uh, in some way, this um, this doesn't sound too much like a game, but I'll, we'll see where we can go with it. Um. There's this company called Toilet Ink, and they realised that- um, That nobody actually wants ink in their toilets. Fine. Toilet Incorporated. (laughs) Um, So, they've realised that the current sewer system can only handle eight million more flushes. More flushes? Oh, like, not more toilets on the system, actually more flushes. Okay. Once once there's eight million flushes of the toilet- Mm-hmm. Then, like, the sewer line's going to completely start backing up, backing up, and all that. Sort yeah, of it's going to so- like create a gridlock in the sewer pipes under the city. They're all going to explode yep. at once, and the city's going to sink into a literal shithole. All right, so come up with something out of that. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to sneak into people's houses and like. Disengage their toilets somehow. Um, or- Flick them all onto septic tanks so that while they're not looking. <laughs> Maybe it's just a pipe dreams game. You have to like <laughs> go into people's houses and just you know, re-hook up all their pipes to the right places. Um, I like the idea- The main idea I like for this is that there could just be- a, there, there could be a countdown. And you know, every time that counts down, someone's taking a dump. Um, yeah, but the countdown's happening pretty fucking fast. Oh, yeah, like- it would be. Like, it's going down pretty quickly. Maybe this is one of those- Can we come up with a mechanic where it, like, literally takes a minute to play? Like, that's how many people are shitting, obviously. And so, this countdown- will count down from 8, eight million in, a, in approximately a minute. What can you do in that time? Is it, um, just, is it just plunging? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, to, like, I, plunge I, as I, I do as kind can. of like the idea that- the um the pipe dreams mechanic mm-hmm. is basically as you go and you're solving these pipe these pipe dream sort of puzzles you're basically giving the city more flushes okay so it ticks up yeah because right. you're you're fixing some of the problems <clears throat> in the yeah cellar. that could be interesting that could be interesting it's like a time limited infinite puzzler almost um yeah you know, kind of like infinite but like Kind of like um, Crazy Taxi if it was plumbing. <laughs> you know, each each time that you you 
pick up the next puzzle and yeah. you you go and solve that puzzle um you if you do it like super 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 fast then you're going to get you know a couple of million flushes on top of it but if you take you know 30 seconds you'll still only get a couple of million flushes onto it but it's it's well like yeah you, and i think you wasted 5 million doing I it think and you only then, get 2 million back you can like puzzles might have a simple mode and an advanced mode um, where if you route it a certain way, you're going to increase the number of flushes you get back, but obviously it might be harder to do and take you longer, and so you might completely flush them all away, uh, literally because you took too long to even do it. Yeah, uh, I, that's I don't think there's been too many Twitch puzzles, you know, things that- Oh, and it should be in VR. So you're actually, like, reaching out and rotating pipes. Ooh, like I think they're still like limit. Like I think they're still fixed. Although it could be three D then. It could be that the pipes are on a, on on three axes instead of just two. And obviously you can only rotate around one at a time. But yeah, that could be cool. Oh, I really I like that idea now of of sort of because <laughs> is it feces? Like because generally with these puzzler things, oh well, sometimes with these puzzle things, when you have this time limit on it, time limit on it, you're seeing it come from one end, and you have to like. <laughs> keep ahead of it <laughs> is there just like some turds coming down the pipe when you start and you have to like oh shit oh, literally shit. turn it this way oh crap oh no crap literally as well oh <laughs> uh, uh, it's on my shoe um and then and then if you fail there's just this fantastic scene where there's just this rumbling and then no matter which way you look there's just shit water coming out of the ground <laughs> I've seen like this really, cloud. this really pixelated brown mushroom mushroom cloud coming out of like the the um, silhouette of the city. <laughs> oh well, I'm thinking of VR again. So like you're literally looking around the city and it's just all flying up in the air around you. Manhole covers <laughs> coming off the ground with, and I'm not thinking pixelated. I'm thinking like nicely sloppy looking <laughs> chunks of brown goo. All right, three, two, one, click. Yep. Ooh, productive, fainter. Repent curve. The repent curve. The, is that like the curve of diminishing returns for how many times you repent on your sins? Could it's like be. you only get- The first time you repent, it's like you get a lot of benefit for it, but each subsequent time, it's mm-hmm. kind of ac- exponentially less or, or however that curve goes, asympto- asymptotically less, approaching zero. Yeah. Um. Okay, and then productive fainter. I mean, that just made me think of somebody fainting for some purpose. Like that's almost a game mechanic. Then is you can faint on command. And this is F A I N T. So like to lose consciousness. Okay. <clears throat> yep. So yeah, I feel like there's something interesting there around forgiveness. You know, repenting. For your sins, but then you just go and sin some more. And then next time you repent, you don't quite get as much credit for that repenting. Um, <laughs> okay. What what I kind of like is I'm, I'm seeing this guy gets uh, sent to, um, like, he dies and gets sent to, like, the afterlife. And yeah. they basically say, look, you're so close to getting in into- into the, the good, good place. place. <laughs> um, we're we're going to give you. We're going to give you a time to go back and repent some of your your past sins. 
Um, but there's going to be a catch. Any time um, peop- someone asks you, asks you where, where you've been or something like that, you're immediately going to faint. Okay. Or it's or it's something around the only you'll you'll have some powers on Earth, but um, the only power that you'll actually have is you can faint on command. You can faint on command. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think this one's going anywhere. Crowded planning, oh, witty underground. That just makes me think of like a comedy cellar. So like a stand, you know, a place of uh, a dodgy stand-up co- uh, comedy lounge. Mm-hmm. That's in the cellar under some restaurant somewhere. And what was yours? Pla- something planning? Crowded planning. Crowded planning. All right. Now, I I know you don't like business sims, so I won't go towards, like, building a comedy club, even though there could be something interesting there. Uh, maybe this is more of a narrative character-based thing mm-hmm. set in this comedy club. And maybe there's a turning point- when there's like a fire, and because of the way it was planned, they could like people died. Could be this dark comedy game. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, what was yours again? Witty underground. So from that, I'm just taking comedy cellar. But okay, I'm taking sort of, a completely different direction. I'm sort of I'm sort of taking it in a different direction. Underground being hell. Um, <laughs> okay. You're coming in, and I, I as much as I hate. To say this, but I'm sort of going in the in the management sort of thing uh, mm, way of okay. thinking. If you're taking it there, <laughs> you're the new planner for hell, like the city planner for hell. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you've got to um, sort of set each section up of hell, like divide them into into the correct torture groups and that sort of stuff, um, because basically hell's getting overcrowded. There's yeah. there's like too much, um, too many people there. So you got to you got to organize this better to to get through the torture a lot faster okay, and a lot more okay. efficiently. I like, I like this. So maybe on Earth you were like an urban planner, um, and you were pretty good at your job. You still yep. went to hell because maybe you were a prick. I don't know, but you you were good at planning this. <laughs> and so I like this idea then that souls, uh, souls only have to be. In hell for as long as like their sins were, uh, uh, they're being, they're paying for their sins. And then they go, they don't go to heaven. They go to like limbo or second hell or something. I don't know. Uh, nobody knows really. They just, once they've been tortured long enough and efficiently enough, they're gone. So yeah. I think part of this is about setting up systems where based on their sins, they go into the right types of torture. Uh, yeah. which gives okay. you a bit of a like tech that. tree, right? And, you know, there's some just general so- sorts of torture um, that will work on everyone, but it will work more slowly, you know, again, depending on their type of sin. And I think, yeah, I think you could, you know, in that sort of introductory phase, introduce the different torture chambers, introduce the different types of sins. Maybe you've obviously got, like, you could base it around the seven deadly sins if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could, you know, yeah, I don't know if, if it's then just about kind of, this is where the souls come in and, you know, you've got little detection things that are like, read your sins and send them in this direction. If like almost little logic gates to send them in different paths, uh, so they end up in the right place 
and just how you can um, arrange all that. So, where I where I'm sort of thinking that you could actually sort of go towards as well is, say, someone had murdered someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, an appropriate punishment could actually be the person that you murdered is your torturer. Okay, like, so there's also like a, a matchmaking element. Yeah, so- Cinder, Cinder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of like the the idea that you know this is one of the paths that you can that you can maybe go down, which is more personalized torture for certain cases. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I th- I think yeah. Again, I think those are the sorts of decisions you can make. Um, because it costs money or time. Because maybe you do have to hire someone to sit there and swipe left or right on Cinder as the people come in to say yes, we have the right torturer for you. Um, but that's going to, you know, you have to employ that person. And so, and and it's only going to work for specific sin types where there yep. was, you know, a, a victim of a, a specific victim of a crime versus just, you know, general crime, white collar crime affecting millions of people or, you know, the other reasons people go into hell. Jaywalking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Podcasting. <laughs> well, ours probably, yeah. This uh, one, at least. Yeah. <laughs> and our our punishment would just be having to listen to it for eternity, I guess. But that's the thing. We actually like listening to ourselves now, which is something that I didn't like at the, at the start. So That's true. That's true. But yeah, I, I, I'm not sure the mechanics are particularly firm, but I think there's some interesting ideas there around yeah. how you would match those up and, and make choices. And I'm very much thinking of it in like a roller coaster tycoon kind of vibe, or or I guess like a dungeon keeper <laughs> or something. Like that. Um, but that was the I was definitely thinking that sort of isometric, putting down paths, dropping little sprite <laughs> torture chambers. <laughs> I'm, you I'm could probably just that- about just reskin uh, uh, roller coaster tycoon and. Uh- I'm starting to think that there's actually like um, sometimes there's there's like cues for getting into these um, torture chambers, so you can set up like mini torches along the way, so that they're <laughs> they're still being tortured even though they're in they're in a queue. Yeah, well, and for some people that is the torture; they just don't realize it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Conceived shouting medieval cleaner. Hmm. Now, I do like a bit of medieval sort of stuff. I'm not sure what you were shouting when you conceived your child. <laughs> no, let's not go down that route. No. Um, medieval cleaner. Yeah, we do do some fun stuff <laughs> uh, with medieval stuff sometimes and sort of bringing these mundane jobs or careers or tasks into into that world. Uh, are we talking fantasy medieval or actual medieval where there was no magic? magic? So, I'm thinking, like, actual medieval, sort of, you know- Peasants de- and- Peasants and all that sort of stuff. So, knights and I'm picturing that and- your character has been uh, brought into the, um, into the, like, the, <coughs> the king's- um, well, Ooh, into yeah. into the kingdom. It's gonna be like a as basically like sort of a stable boy sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So it's basically a story about this stable boy. How you know his 
his father was a was a um you know a farmer and he always wanted to be in be in the city and and you know have a city job and you know his older brother was was like a um high up in in like the guard or something like that mm-hmm. so he wanted to sort of come into the city and and be like his um be like his older brother and get in as a um as a stable boy all right so you're thinking this is kind of like an rpg or a or yeah a like an rpg but um with with just some very mundane um intro sort of stuff and then like you can yeah, gradually so, build yourself up throughout. So does, just yeah, does this become a combat-based thing, or is it mostly around like job-based, interpersonal stuff? Job-based, that interpersonal. Could be interesting, actually. Um, <clears throat> I like the idea that you know there's there's maybe some sort of fight that breaks out, and you you get contracted by the by the kingdom to um to come and help clean up because you've you've got great cleaning skills that you've <laughs> shown in the in the stable. Yeah, well, I think I think we could just take it as well because I kind of just like the idea. I kind of just like the idea in general of like the challenge of creating an RPG without really any combat. Yeah, um, and, and I think there is some combat, but I think the repercussions for fighting are so high uh, that it really isn't a viable gameplay sort of yeah. mechanic. Uh, to I'm, move I'm thinking, I'm thinking the sort of stuff is like. Damage takes a long time to actually heal. Oh yeah, like real time damage healing. Real time da- damage healing. If you healing, get too so- beaten up, then you're off your feet for you know a week, and that's lost income there, mate, boy. Yeah. Um. So you can't you can't do that. If you kill someone, they're just going to execute you. <laughs> I mean, because what what I'm loving the idea of is you're you're in the stable, so you've got the the knights coming by and picking up their horses. So you're hearing mm. stories about stuff that's happening on the roads and. That sort of stuff, but you also um, maybe the better that you get, the the more that you start having to tend to the king's horse and and this sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so but you're sort also- of thinking mostly dialogue choices that are happening while you're doing this job. Is there a mechanic for doing the job itself? Like, how can we yeah, make that yeah, not I be think- tedious? Um, I, I think I think the way that you do it is you you vary some of the missions that you're doing. So you you're sort of adding new mechanics as you go. So you've got like um, at first you've got a sweeping mechanic, which you're just trying to clean up the clean up the yard. And yep. the quicker that you sort of do it, the more you can move the story along. But then what's what's happening then is you know you you're sort of getting okay. Now we're getting a brushing mechanic that you're brushing the horse and um. You know, setting up the bridle properly on on the horse, and then you maybe get get brought in to do like an escort mission that you're you're helping tend to the tend to a knight's horse. While yeah, I just out. want to be really aware of not getting too tedious with it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea of you sort of start to get to know the horses, you start to get to know the riders, like the knights or the guardsmen, or you know, obviously the other people in the stables uh, and in the castle. Um, you know, you can get some real relationship building stuff going there. Yeah. Uh, with, with different characters. Very much so. Almost, uh, really almost a bit of a sort of Stardew-ish, Stardew Valley-ish, Graveyard Keeper-ish sort of thing where, and not necessarily to that full on the way that that sort of builds up over time and you've got energy, you know, a certain amount of things you can do in a day or whatever. I'm thinking not, not quite that regimented. Um, but just in that sense of, it's all about days passing and events happening and 
making choices that you know will play out in play out later and and, and affect your general character progression. I'm liking some of the um some of the other choices that you can sort of do is, you know, there's side quests of of sort of going in and purchasing things for the for the stable from the market, and while you're there, then you get some other sort of um relationship sort of things happening like yeah for sure yeah exactly you're forming relationships with the um with the vendors there and yeah 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 you really give each everybody a personality and but it's a it's this sort of i I like the idea of bringing in this kind of gritty realism of we're all dirt poor and under the foot of you know the aristocracy or the monarchy yeah uh and and kind of you know, you just have people dying all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, you get a relationship with someone. It's like, yeah, they got the plague and died or whatever. God. <laughs> and that's what happens to your character at the end. You get the plague and you die. Well, that's one of the endings. <laughs> In another ending, you get the plague and die a bit later. It's uh, <laughs> it's very special. That's the good ending. All right. Quick <laughs> Shaking editorial. Typical service. I think we've done too many restaurant games. I went to like, because uh, editorial, obviously, like a thought of, you know, reviews, something around reviews of restaurants or the service at, maybe not restaurants there, maybe maybe just reviews around service industry. Okay. What if, um, I'm not sure whether you've heard of this happening at some some places. There's a system called Mystery Shopper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where basically you go into a, um, go into an area. Uh, go into a shop, like if you're a mystery shopper, you get told this is what you're going to buy, um, and then you're sort of judging judging each sort of yeah, place you're, you're and judging the service and the yeah. So maybe this is a game of observation skills. Yeah, that yeah, um, maybe a bit of a almost just a visual novel style thing. Well, again, well, like, and the reason I go that way is just because it's sort of around dialogue choices, um. Because maybe in one of the one of the things you know you've been given the goal of trying to make somebody angry, <laughs> okay, to see um, how they respond. I'm going to add a little wrinkle here, and you may not like this, okay. Um, but I, I really want this to be for for some sort of um, motion controlled um, system. Yeah, because I like the idea of shaking. Okay. But what what you actually they've. How you're filling out the form is you've got an etch a sketch. <laughs> okay. And so to like move things, you're turning the knobs. And that is using the using the um turning the uh the what's it called sticks, the the thumbsticks to go either okay. vertical or horizontal. And then if you make a mistake, then you gotta clear it by shaking the control. <laughs> <laughs> So the whole challenge is just in like filling out a form, filling out a form with an itch sketch, while also <laughs> trying like to remember the observation arbitrary <laughs> limitation. <laughs> um, well, you wouldn't have wanted my other idea. What was that? <laughs> that the person had Parkinson's. Oh God, no. So that's why I was like etch a sketch because then it brings shaking in. And although there could be an interesting like educational experience in VR around your character's hands, like your character having Parkinson's. Um, yeah, but how would you actually do that without making it feel like you just got shitty tracking? 
Well, I think you could do it a bit better than having it just literally jumping around in space. It's more just you, you know, you don't have full control over, uh, like the shakiness, the jiggle, jiggle of your, your hands. You could do some interesting physics based stuff to sort of show the challenge of living with Parkinson's. Hmm. Um, that could be an interesting kind of story based thing where you're in, you're in the eyes of, you know, of someone with a very difficult disease, uh, but kind of being able to share that experience and make people understand how hard it is and, and, and also how certain, cause you know, they have those like stabilizing spoons and different things. Um, you know, that could be an interesting, like you introduce that and then all of a sudden you're able to, you know, do certain tasks yeah. uh, that you had previously been shown were impossible. Um, yeah, that could be an interesting narrative thing there. Yeah. But uh, let's not go too deep into it because, as usual, we're not quali- qualified to to write that particularly. It is a cool one. No. Three, two, one, click. Yes. Virtual alphabets. Isolate pain. <laughs> okay. My, what popped into my head was that- Medication often has very sort of long and confusing names. Mm-hmm. And some sort of game where you're having to like throw letters together or put letters together to create a new medication just from the name. Um, but the, like the letters you use determine the effects. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to put them together in a certain way, but like the letter X will target the throat. So if you. You know, create something called Saproxanil, then, uh, you know, that might be effective, except, you know, eyes, the letter I decreases efficacy, uh, in pain, you know, pain relievers. Um, so yeah, like it's about using the particular letters with these properties and putting them together in a way that the, the final version of this, uh, like the effects of the medication are a direct function of the letters that make up the name of it. Okay. So they're almost the molecules, right? Like the- mm-hmm. and, and so maybe different letters can- Again, you could have like They bonds. cancel each other out. And- yeah, they cancel each other or like when- Or their proximity to each other, right? Like if you put an X and an F next to each other, it you know, it, it creates a different effect, um, which may be positive or maybe negative depending on other aspects of your word. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that could be <laughs> could be quite interesting. I'm yeah. thinking of it as like a mobile game. Yeah, I um, see that. And then having to- So, you've, yeah, basically you've got a goal, right? Like you have a patient come to you uh, and they're like, we need something with these- Like it has to meet these criteria. It has to target this part of the body. It has to give, you know, pain relief or it has to block serotonin or it has to, you know, increase the hormone production of a certain hormone. Uh and so you just start throwing things together. You start writing them. And and as you do it, I don't know, I wonder if there's some skill-based stuff in there as well to um, to sort of boost how well it works. Do you know what I mean? So maybe you come up with the name of it and then actually putting it together. There's some sort of timing-based something. Yeah. And yeah so I can they, see that. And so they kind of get- They either bond more strongly or something. And it means that particular effect is, is stronger. So that- And I'm just thinking so that you kind of- you're not, you don't know for certain how well this is going to work while you're putting the word together, even though you probably need some sort of feedback as you're building the word to how they're sort of playing off each other. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm liking that. That'd be really fun to just mess around with those rules. Um, especially if you end up making it so it really does lean towards, you know, a typical kind of drug names. <laughs> um, it could also be not necessarily specific letters. It could be like segments of a letter. So it would be ill or fram or, you know, doxy or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then it's how they, yeah, the different segments interact. I kind of want to build that. It, it reminds me of one of those, those really difficult, you know, there's that, uh, what's it called? The alchemy game where you're building molecules with the little machines yep. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Right. Uh, can I just go into what my mind immediately went to just to see if there's anything there? Yes. So you've been sitting there as I describe my game. <laughs> no, no, no. For- I've- <laughs> I, I, I was I was literally thinking at the start because you said virtual alphabet. I just had this idea for this horror game, okay, in which um, this guy like has just got like this virtual reality system, and he goes in, and the first game that he sort of plays is something about teaching kids the alphabet, okay, and but the um, the alphabet characters that are in this game start haunting his his life. And, like, haunting his dreams and start, like, digging into his brain to, like, isolate the pain centre. And and basically, I was just thinking, you know, how you could take that that whole idea about this kid, this kid-friendly sort of game that it just twisted. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm getting a very um, Duck Season vibe. Yeah. Where it's sort of initially, it, it feels like you know what this game's going to be. What this thing so, is about, yep. I like- what I like with the alphabet is maybe when you start, you meet the letter A and it tells you about ants and apples and there's a little scene that plays out uh, <laughs> and then he introduces his friend, B, and, you know, B's pretty friendly too. But as it goes along through the alphabet, you start, like, the, you know, when it gets to E, you start noticing things a little bit off and, yep. then, like, and then F comes out and- Wait, did- F just drop an F bomb <laughs> subtly, <laughs> and then all of a sudden P turns up and he goes pain. <laughs> yeah, I think as you're getting on, like by the yeah by the time you get to fucking P, it's like full on getting to like creepy horror, and you're now you're dreading each character that comes out, yeah. uh, each letter. Uh, and I think maybe like Duck Season, there's sort of little interludes in between. Uh, that's kind of, you know, you learn a bit about the person who you're playing, the character you're playing and their family or something. I don't know if you're playing it as a kid, um, like in Duck Season, uh, which I guess would make sense if you're in this VR training, like learning center. Yep. Um, maybe there are, maybe it's a multi, like con- multiplayer connected thing as well. Maybe this is like the future where, to go to school, kids put on a VR headset and they're in a, a virtual space with other people. And you literally mm-hmm. just, like, see people start getting ripped to shreds. Oh, God. By, by <laughs> you know, the letter Y. Well, that's right at the end, obviously. But- Yeah. And then, X and is then, like- And then Z never, never comes out. To just freak everyone out. By the end, they're like, where the fuck is Z? How are we going to survive Z? And it, it just- It's not that. Uh, the creepy thing is- you see, like, two N's in the room. And it's like, <laughs> is one of them a Z? <laughs> yeah, like that. 
Um, or like you're waiting around for Zed forever and then you hit the button to like, or like you do the movement in game to pretend to take off your, virt- your, your VR headset and then there's just a Zed in the real world or like the quotes oh, real Jesus world. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't do that off. to me. I'm, I'm going to be dreaming about this tonight. But <laughs> it's literally, you know, you're, you're playing through this whole game and the final thing you do is you take off the thing and there's just a Z right in front of you and it's got a knife that's just about to stab into <laughs> it's your like face. It's like an ominous like blood red Z. <laughs> yeah. It's already um, spattered with the blood of your family. I mean, how I actually got to there was back when we used to do Two Sweary Dads, we came <laughs> up with this idea about these anthropomorphic- like um, letters. Yeah. letters that were animals. I did think um, that too. Yeah, but yeah. if I remember rightly, we we had it kind of. It was in our fucked up TV TV shows for kids. It was. It was supposed to be a kids TV show. Yeah. Um, but like all the elephant, like an E was like for elephant, <clears throat> and it was in the shape of like an E sort of thing. Yeah. But the actual. The actual um, how far away the characters were from the camera was like all the way in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we do that? Because it was fucked up. <laughs> you just like, just, yeah. You just, I was just thinking thing about di- different sorts of ways of like really screwing with um people with like shitty camera work and all this sort of stuff. Right. And that's what, how I sort of came up with the horror idea. That would be interesting. I wonder if anyone's experimented with uh, slowly modifying the depth of field in VR <laughs> over time. <laughs> Oh, sorry, not the depth of the the field of vision. I mean, yeah. Um, well, and I guess that sort of the zoom and depth of field at the same time to really, it, it's probably just going to induce simulation sickness. But I like the idea of you stare at something, and it subtly changes the way that it's like that you're actually seeing it in VR. Until if you're staring at it so long enough, it does feel like that kind of tunnel vision, like you're so far away, but sort of zoomed in almost. Or you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, that'd be interesting to <laughs> to mess with. God, we're we're liking you know inducing nightmare fuel at the moment. Oh, I know. Sometimes it's just it's just one of those. It's just one of those weeks. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Reverse fancy ambiguous infringement. Okay, so I'm thinking this is the reverse of a fancy dress party. Ooh, what's that? Like a, a regular dress, dress party, a sloppy dress party. <laughs> maybe you, you maybe you have to dress like, um, like you do if you're at home when no one's around. Hell so yeah, not- I'd love to go to one of those sort of parties. Uh, yeah, and and I mean, as long as everyone's okay with you not wearing pants, but um, so maybe it's that underwear. That's how I quite often like to land around my house. <laughs> yeah, you go to this. Sloppy dress party, but there's a lawyer there for um I don't know who's a character that like would wear clothes like that. Ah uh, shit, I don't even know. Never mind. I was trying to get the infringement in there, right? Yeah, to decide ambiguously whether you'd infringed on someone's copyrighted cost like character or something. Um. So okay, what I'm thinking of is if you played, say, a character, um, who is determining whether someone is sloppily dressed enough for the party. Okay. So, like, you're the host of a party sort of thing. You've just got a bottle of tomato sauce there to really slop someone up. Yeah. And basically, that's- Anyone who infringes the rules and, and, you know, tries to get a little bit dressed up, you can- Tear their clothes off. Well, not off, but, like- No. 
just tear them, put a like, hole in it. This doesn't look good. Put a cigarette out on them. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I'm really having trouble tonight. I know. We had a couple of all right ones, but exhaustive herd. Comfortable jet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um it's it's a game where you're um where you're herding cattle. Okay. Actual cattle. Actual cattle. Um but the person who owns the cattle basically puts a puts a limit on on how you can actually do it. He doesn't have any horses or dogs or anything like that. But what he does have is like a Harrier jump jet. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to do strategic flybys. <laughs> well, no. Uh, the reason why I chose Harrier. Uh, oh, it's because it can, is like, because uh, they can hover and shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Where where I was going was more. <laughs> maybe this is about herding airline passengers in cattle class, as it's sometimes okay. called. Yep. Um. And 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 yeah, making sure that they all make it on the plane in time. Okay. Uh, and how you get around the airport is with a jetpack. That's how you can get between all these places really quickly. Okay. We already kind of had jet with the airplane, but if you want a jetpack. <laughs> yeah, I just want a jetpack. You just want a jetpack. <laughs> Don't we all? Um, yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, is this is this literally just like you've got sort of generally very basic AI controlled people who, if you yell, they'll move away from you or something? Like, how are you influencing the flow of people? Um, you're doing it two ways. One, well, three ways. Number one, wait, you wait, can yell at them. Five ways. Number two, you can physically manhandle them. Okay. Number three, barriers. Okay. So, you can put, like, those little cloth barrier things up. Number four, um, body odour. <laughs> 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 oh god that's just horrible um, um are you thinking though so is is this around is this around hurting them on a like moment by moment basis or is it around sort of planning out your airport well enough or is it both i i kind of like the idea taking taking the idea of sort of timing based puzzle mechanics Mm-hmm. That you know that okay, this this plane has just come in for landing, so you need to get down to here, set up, set up basically something that is going to get a good flow of passengers coming out of the jet onto um to pick up their stuff from around the carousel to then move on to the correct carousel, yeah, yeah. So to move on having to customs to yeah, having that idea, and you know, occasionally you get domestic where they're only going to go to the carousel, so they don't have to go to customs, but yeah, um. You've got to be able to, like, time it so that, okay, this group of people are actually going to go around this long way so that they get to customs after this plane load has actually already gone through. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So, you really have to know the air- – start to get to know the airports well enough. You can yeah. – you can maybe there are some things that you can, like, remotely turn on and off escalators and stuff. Um <laughs> <laughs> but in some, but some things you do have to physically go there as well to like set up a barrier or, you know, lock a door or something, um, because they do that in airports, right? Like often you'll you'll have to walk down one whole side of a you know glass wall or something while you see everyone else on the other side because you know they need they you can't get into that area because you haven't gone yep. through security or whatever. Um, and so there'd be that aspect too of like secure zones and non-secure zones, and you can't send them through secure zones if they're. 
you know, haven't been cleared or whatever. Yeah. And then occasionally, yeah, you do just get stragglers wandering off. You're like, fuck, what plane were you on? Where do you have to get to? Just like throw them back in the right direction into the flow. So, I kind of like the idea that there's going to be effectively like different colors for different um, for different flights. Mm-hmm. But what you've got to deal with is, okay, the people getting off the plane, they need to get off and move out of the way fully before the new people can move on. You're not waiting for refueling or anything like that. This is a- Yeah. Um, but it's more, you've got to make sure that everyone's got off the plane before you can actually start reboarding. Otherwise, you know, you could have people accidentally get left onto the left on the plane and that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of liking the idea that you know you can have um, sometimes depending on the on the plane, like you can see it. Um, I'm picturing that the screen is sort of separated into like. Maybe um, here's a here's a list of planes that are actually coming in and what time they're they're expected to arrive. Um, the baggage handlers over over on this particular plane are having trouble getting the bags off the off the thing onto the carousel, so you need to delay the passengers a little bit longer to get to the, uh, the carousel because this other plane load is actually going to come out onto the carousel first. Right. Um, yeah. You don't want to so, cause yeah. chaos with them both looking for their bags at the same time. And yeah. One of them's so, the idea of and- sort of- It's almost queue management while, you know, maybe you can send them through customs now. Um, yeah. Queue management with some, yeah, hurting aspects and some additional kind of wrinkles around the security stuff and maybe their moods and- Yeah. Um, and, and different random events like lost baggage or- um, you know, gate changes because a plane is late and oh, that that could be stuff. that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's like you've set up this whole path ahead of time, and then you're like, oh fuck, like they're going to be twenty minutes late, so we need to change gates so that it fits with the schedule uh, of these other planes, and you've got to redo the whole thing. I- I'm sort of thinking almost like a, a lemming sort of interface that you can like put like a blocker in place to, to stop people from moving along. Yeah, well, no, I, I think that's sort of like what I was thinking with remotely locking doors or, yeah, like you, t- you they've got all those travelators, but it's like, oh, shit, I need to slow this group down a bit or I turn that travelator off and that's going to take them a bit longer to get down here. Yeah. Or, oh, we need to move them really, really quickly so you turn this up to full speed. You speed it up. <laughs> <laughs> just have them go fly. No, ki- if any kids get on, they just like go flying off the end. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm really uh, liking this idea. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the better ones tonight. Yeah. Hmm? All right, should we try for one more quick one? And yeah, one more quick one. End on a high note. Acceptable rope beat bathroom two E's or an EA EA. Oh, the beat bathroom. Rhythm game. Yep. Soap on a rope. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's all about washing your body in time with the music. Um, in a very high fidelity, d- uh, detailed, sexy <laughs> men and women lathered up. I mean, what, what I'm sort of um, seeing in my head is remember that game that was um, basically set in set in 
like a gym or something like that, and you had to match the kids with their dads. Oh, yeah, shower with your dad simulator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was definitely thinking of that. There's also another one um, that actually was in really high fidelity um, of people showering, and I don't remember what that is, but it got taken off Steam, which is shitty because it, was, it wasn't it was made to just be um, titillating, right? It was- The yeah. whole point was- there was sort of a message behind it. Uh, rinse and repeat, it was called. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Um, okay, so Beat Bathroom. I do like the idea of it being a rhythm sort of game. Um, I do like the idea of soap and a rope. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just wondering if there's a if there's a way that you can do it that isn't so, like, <laughs> uh, taboo. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you could just not show the dirty bits or not be explicit about it. I guess it's where how does the how does the gameplay work? Like, are you, is it literally around scrubbing different parts of your body to the beat or something? Like, what is a VR game? <laughs> <laughs> um, good question. Does it turn into a porn game? Quick, one more, one more. Yeah, superior enhancement. <laughs> Nuts exploration. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> bionic squirrel. Yep, bionic squirrel. <laughs> exactly where I was going. Thanks for joining us this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can go a little bit further. Okay, with okay. This. Let's let's. I don't know. I think it writes itself, but let's let's dig in a bit. Um. Yeah. Okay. I could see. I could see. And we've done a squirrel game before, but that was a bit more of a yeah. Uh, puzzle Metroidvania. This, I think, is a bit more of an exploratory third-person platformer, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, or like open world. Uh, well, not- I mean, I think they look like a squirrel. Yeah. But they anthropomorphic in that, yes, they have personality and such. Yes. Um, and can can talk. But yeah, I think maybe early on, this squirrel gets in an accident- Okay. It's uh it's a bit of a RoboCop vibe sort of thing, except not necessarily for killing mm-hmm. but more for nut collection. <laughs> but as they go they can get upgrades to like jump really high or you know, fit more nuts in their cheeks or I don't know, what does fucking squirrels do? Run faster? Squeak um, louder? I, I do I do like the idea of this being a bionic squirrel, so it's basically like the Six million dollar man, except it's a except it's yes. a squirrel. Um, so I, I'm just trying to think that the squirrel's main idea is to is to collect nuts for the winter, mm-hmm. but it's been sent on missions by the government. By to, the government is it the real yeah. government or the squirrel government? Um, I, I'm thinking it's it's sort of like um, you know how St- uh, Lee Lee Majors was sent out on on doing. Um, Things in the Bionic Man or the Six Million Dollar Man. I never watched it, but yeah, go on. Either, either way, I'm I'm or picturing that yeah. um, the squirrels being sent out to do these same sort of missions, which is like, um, I know at one stage he was sent out to to fight Bigfoot, and Bigfoot was actually turned out to be like a a um, wait the Bionic Man was yeah oh you there oh fuck balls 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 I lost you right at the end of the show. Right at the end of the show. Thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. If you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash BitStorm. That's got all of our stuff there. 
uh, you know, there's uh, YouTube, there's Facebook, there's Twitter, there's uh, other stuff. Our actual website is on there too. Uh, you can go view all our creator pages and, and that sort of stuff. I'd like to thank the folks at the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. They're good friends of ours. And uh, there's a lot of great shows on there. You can find them at the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or AGP Network on Twitter or follow hashtag AGPN. And finally, I would like to thank Corridust for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. Travis Scott has lost power. And uh, let's, uh, let's get some, get some nuts going on. Mm-hmm.